The Ravens, far from healthy, uh, entering uh, Cincinnati this weekend. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And we're now joined in the sports by Luke Jones of WNST.net. And uh, good, always, always good to have you on the show, Luke. Let's start with uh, your, let's, what was your overview of the Ravens' week one 25-9 win against the, uh, against the Texans? As it pertains to, act, to the actual performance, Bob, it's about what I expected. I didn't expect the Ravens' offense with you know this new new weapons, new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, uh, a new commitment to throwing the ball more than they had in recent years under Greg Roman. I didn't expect them to come out and, and be firing on all cylinders, especially the team that did not play their starters in the preseason. So it was choppy on the offensive side of the ball. I would have liked to have seen them run the ball a little bit better. I mean, even putting aside the J.K. Dobbins injury, which I'm sure we'll get to in a moment, but yeah. you know, they still they still scored 25 points. You know, they, they still you know they came out and they put together a couple good drives in the third quarter to really seize control of that football game. And you see it, Bob. Uh, I mean, Kevin Zeitler, uh, the Ravens' starting right guard. I mean, he he flat out said after the game, "Look, Week One's the wild, wild west. I mean, we weren't happy with how we played, but you know." This felt like a preseason for us because we didn't play in the preseason game. So, you know, offensively, work in progress. Not a big surprise there, and they were still productive. Defensively, uh, they, they did what you would expect uh, a good defense to do against a rookie quarterback, against a team with a rookie head coach, against a team that I think was down to their third center already uh, and their backup right tackle. I mean, they really they were able to control that game. C.J. Stout, he competed but was not able, you know, that the Texans were not able to sustain drives consistently. So the performance itself, while it wasn't their best performance, I certainly wouldn't view that as the absolute best football they can play, but they still won by two touchdowns. And uh, that's something that Cincinnati couldn't say in week one. That's something that Pittsburgh couldn't say in week one. So from an AFC North context, you're feeling good uh, about that. But, boy, when you, when you look at the injury picture, uh, it's tough to just look at the performance and – and not feel lacking, not feel concerned going into this week two matchup with the Bengals. Okay, that's going to be a primary focus here. Let's, you mentioned the J.K. Dobbins injury out for the season, unfortunately, with a torn Achilles. How does his absence change the offense? Todd Munkin, now the offensive coordinator. And how might the Justice Hill-Gus Edwards distribution work out here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, the, the primary way that it transformed their offense is I think J.K. Dobbins was going to be the feature back. Now, that doesn't mean he was going to necessarily get 30, 30 touches a game, but he was going to be the clear-cut, in my mind, the clear-cut starting running back. I think now transitioning uh, to uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, I think you're going to see much more of a, a committee approach. If this had been, the, you know, if we were talking in the past, uh, the Greg Roman offense, you probably look at Gus Edwards as kind of being the bell cow, or at least as much uh, of a bell cow as Greg Roman would have as a guy who had an affinity for playing multiple backs. But uh, I, I think you and I even talked in the preseason, and I made mention Justice Hill with the Ravens wanting to play more 11 personnel, wanting to get their skilled players, including their running backs, out in space a little more, having their running backs factor in as a receiver out of the backfield a little bit more. I think it does lend itself to Justice Hill being a, a bigger part of this. However, Gus Edwards is their best pure rushing back at this point with Dobbins now on injured reserve and out for the season. So it's tough for me to handicap it, Bob. And, and I, yeah, believe me, I, I have my own friends ask me, who should I pick up? You know, uh, Gus Edwards or Justice Hill for fantasy? You know, I, I don't right. know if it's going to be a, a very appealing fantasy situation uh, at all this year because I think it's really going to be matchup dependent. 
And because these guys have such diverse skills, and you're not going to view either one as necessarily being an every-down kind of back, uh, I, I think it's probably going to be a little more 1-1-A. And we even saw this last week. I mean, you know, Gus Edwards is still going to have his place in this offense. I thought he was, he was even with J.K. Dobbins, but, you know, Hill does give you that receiving element probably a little bit better in pass protection. Uh, so it's tough for me to handicap it other than just saying this definitely feels like much more of a committee approach than it felt a week ago with J.K. Dobbins clearly atop the depth chart. Okay, Mark Andrews, obviously Valley product. We've, uh, you know, I've mentioned that to you many times before, I'm sure. Uh, didn't play in week one, has been limited uh, in practice in week two. Do we expect him to play Sunday at Cincinnati? Yeah, Bob, it's, it's been a weird situation because I, I can recall John Harbaugh being asked about Mark Andrews, and this was probably a week and a half before the season started, and he was very dismissive of there being any concern. I mean, he even... You know, kind of flippantly said, tell the fans not to push the panic button. Mark Andrews is fine. And, you know, even the the, gen, the the origin of this, it was their second preseason game. They didn't play any of their starters, so he didn't play, of course. But their starters went through preseason, you know, through pregame warm-ups. He went through warm-ups and, you know, didn't see anything happen, anything like that. But then when they returned to the practice field a couple days later, that's when his absence began. So it's this lingering quad issue. He's practiced now on a limited basis each of the last two weeks. But, you know, as was the case last week, and clearly it's a little different playing the Texans compared to playing the Bengals this week in Cincinnati uh, with the other injuries that they have. They certainly want them on the field. If you ask me yes or no right now, I, I lean towards yes, uh, but mainly because I thought they were just being extra cautious last week. But this does feel like one of those quad injuries that you know, maybe has been a little tricky. Maybe he hasn't bounced back quite as quickly as they would have thought, given how Harbaugh talked about this or three weeks ago, so I'm not 100% certain by any stretch of the imagination. I fully expect him to be listed as questionable, uh, but I certainly feel better about his chances this week than last week, but even last week until we got to the weekend, I, I was inclined to think we, we were probably going to see him based on what Harbaugh had said. So, As you know, Bob, even in a division game in week two, you still have a lot of season left. You still have 15 games after Sunday, so uh, if there's any doubt in, in terms of Andrew's not quite being right or not wanting to risk a setback or, or any kind of re-injury. Uh, I think they'll still want to be cautious. But uh, I, he has looked better this week. So, you know, I'm inclined to think I, I think he'll be out there. But, again, I'm not quite sure in the Ravens. Uh, and, and Andrew's even yesterday talking in the locker room. Still kind of being vague and, and noncommittal about it. But that's kind of the Ravens' way of talking about injury. Left tackle Ronnie Stanley, starting center Tyler Linderbaum has missed practice time this week. Any idea what's the latest with those two guys? Yeah, I, I don't have any expectation that either of them are going to play. I mean, at the beginning of the week, John Harbaugh described them as week to week. Uh, so you have that mm. right off the bat. And he even acknowledged that they could miss this game. When John Harbaugh acknowledges on a Monday that a player could miss that Sunday's game, you can guarantee he's going to miss that game. And Probably there's a decent bet that those guys might not be ready for week three. Even I mean they haven't been on the practice field. Uh, you know, if you looked at the injuries, Stanley didn't look too bad, and he was even able to stay on the sideline and, and just ice up his knee on the Ravens sideline uh, in the fourth quarter of their week one win. But uh, you know, as you know, Ronnie Stanley has an extensive injury history. At least it wasn't the ankle, but he hasn't. He generally hasn't been a guy that gets back from injuries. On the, on the early side of the timetable, so uh, I don't expect to see him. And Linderbaum, I mean, that 
that looked, his ankle got bent back in a way that I think there was initial concern that this was a really serious injury, but the MRI looks, looks favorable in terms of, of a big picture, but probably, you know, I, I'm not expecting to see him either. Uh, you know, we'll see how these guys look for uh, week three, uh, whether they're able to get back on the practice field. But uh, at this point, it looks like Patrick McCary starting at left tackle for Stanley and Sam Mustafer, the former Chicago Bears starter who was on the Ravens practice squad, uh, elevated and starting in place of Linderbaum. That's what I'm expecting to see. Okay, not all doom and gloom on the offense. We'll get to the defensive uh, situation in a minute. But Zay Flowers, I love the dude at BC. Uh, he looked good last week. Might he actually be the number one wide receiver ahead of Odell? Uh, I mean, you look at the touches. You look at where Lamar Jackson was looking when they were throwing the football. It's hard not to feel that way, at least in the matchup that they saw against the Houston Texans, who, by the way, I think has an, I think they have an improved defense you know, under DeMeco mm-hmm. Ryan. We'll see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. But it was very clear that Lamar Jackson wanted to go to Zay Flowers. I think it's interesting to note that, that because we just talked about Mark Andrews being out, the Ravens did not have much presence over the middle of the field, and that's always been Lamar Jackson's bread and butter as a passer. It's throwing over the middle to his tight ends, and the backup tight ends were a non-factor. So, you know, if Andrews is back on the field, I'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like, but it's clear that they love Zay Flowers. It's clear that Todd Bunkin wanted to get him involved early. They ran a lot of underneath stuff. I'd like to see them try to push the ball downfield a little more, and obviously their offensive line situation is going to make that a, a big if. Uh, as far as their ability to do that. But it's clear that they love Zay Flowers' suddenness. They love his ability to make guys miss. Uh, I think it, going back to the J.K. Dobbins question, not that Zay Flowers is going to line up in the backfield, but he will be someone on some you know, some jet streets, some, some different things like that, where you get him the ball in, you know, in motion, things of that nature, where he can make people miss in, in the way that, that a healthy Dobbins can. So you know, I think that could be part of their picture in terms of, guys that can make people miss, guys that have that upside. So, uh, Zay Flowers, terrific debut, and I- I'm with you. Until we see otherwise, and I'm not dismissing Beckham, I'm not dismissing a, a healthy Rashad Bateman, but based on the way the Ravens operated with-, with their passing game this past Sunday, hard not to look at Zay Flowers and think that the Ravens at least have some very serious designs of him being their number one receiver. All right, flip this to the defense. Um, should we assume that Marlon Humphreys is out again? And do, we obviously know that Marcus Williams, unfortunately, is out for a while. How will the Ravens try to match up against the Bengals' passing game, which is not going to be as bad as it was last week in Cleveland? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's certainly not going to be easy. And I think a real credit to Mike McDonald, their second-year defensive coordinator. You look at the Ravens, even in defeat in the last two games of last season, talking week 18 and, of course, the wild card round, they really held Joe Burrow in this Bengals defense or Bengals offense in check. I mean, not that they shut them out entirely, but they really they were able to limit the big plays and really force Burrow to, to, to take what the defense gives him and drive down the field to stay drives. And that's, you, know, you kind of saw a lot of teams doing that against the Bengals early last year when they had their issues. But with no Marlon Humphrey, as you mentioned, still not practicing. Uh, he had mid-August foot surgery, so... Uh, he's definitely going to be out Sunday. Marcus Williams uh, is out a while. Uh, you know, uh, he's in de- out indefinitely because uh, he's got a pectoral injury where he might have surgery and could could end up missing most of the season. So, even if you're playing cover two, even if you're playing zone, as the Ravens really transition to doing much more of that uh, with success against Burrow and this Bengals passing game, it is a different story when it's Geno Stone lining up uh, at free safety and backup. You know, he filled in for Marcus Williams last year and did a nice job. But 
doesn't give you the same playmaking ability. And uh, the Ravens last week at corner, they started started Ronald Darby, who for a late August pickup, who's 11 months removed from ACL surgery, played pretty darn well. And Brandon Stevens, who uh, is a third-year defensive back that's ping-ponged back and forth between safety and corner, uh, they played corner last week. But, of course, the Texans passing game uh, is not exactly the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals with the, the firepower they have at the wide receiver position. So they're going to have to play a lot of zone. They're going to have to hope that they can get home with their blitz and their simulated pressures and, and their pre-snap disguise, which they have done a good job doing against Bill Burrow. I think he's had more trouble against them than just about anyone uh, in his brief career. But, again, you have to have the personnel to carry that out, and uh, I think it's going to be a much more – yeah, much bigger challenge for the Ravens to duplicate uh, what they were able to do defensively against the Bengals last year. Uh, you know, I, I guess the best thing I could say is at least you have Lamar Jackson <laughs> lining up on the other side of the yeah. football for the Ravens in Cincy, which they haven't had the last couple of years. That's true. In fact, I'm going to get to Lamar now. Uh, we're talking with Luke Jones, WNST, previewing the Ravens and the Bengals game on Sunday in Cincinnati. Lamar has had some issues against blitzes before. The offensive line situation you talked about. Lou Anarumo is certainly going to blitz. He's been known to do that quite a bit. So is that a big part or maybe the biggest part of the game on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly that's going to be a factor. I think the fact that the Ravens are down you know, at least two of their three. I, I'll, I'll give Kevin Zeitler a nod, but maybe their two best offensive linemen not playing. I think they're going to have to try to lean on their quick game. You know, we saw lots of quick short throws to Zay Flowers last week. I think they're going to have to try to do that again. I think they're going to have to try to figure out how to run the ball more effectively. And Cleveland was able to run it on Cincinnati, in part because the Browns had a lead you know, throughout the game. But, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the challenge is uh, certainly you could see Cincinnati bring pressures and extra blitzers and all that, but – I think you just look at this Bengals front with Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson coming off the edges, DJ Reader matching up against the backup center. I'm not sure the Bengals are going to need to do a whole lot of that. You know, I, I think they're probably going to be able to give the Ravens fits uh, with, with fours. So uh, I think, mm-hmm. that, again, if you're the Ravens, ball's going to have to come out quick, whether it's against the blitz or against the four-man rush, and they're going to have to figure out a way to run the ball far more effectively than they did last week against the Texans. I mean, I just if the Ravens are going to pull off a road victory in Cincinnati, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball. And, and look, that might be Lamar Jackson. For as much as the Bengals have done a pretty good job of limiting uh, this offense with Jackson on the field the last couple of years, even though we know he's missed some games, uh, he's still been able to run the ball and still get loose and, and make plays with his feet. So I think it's going to be one of those types of games for the Ravens. I mean, you know, you got to be aggressive. You've got to keep them honest, certainly. But at the same time, I think it's a recipe for disaster if you just uh, you know kind of sit back and Lamar with deep drops and standing in the pocket and, and allowing Hendrickson and Hubbard to tee off on him potentially. Yeah, you know, back to the defense for one more quick thing here. You know, when we talked in August, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the lack of a pass rush possibly. So, how do you stand on that now? Uh, you know, it's about the same. I think, I mean, the, the nice thing is, I don't know if we had talked uh, from the time that the Ravens added to Davion Clowney. I mean, we know that Clowney, in a big-picture sense, has never lived up to the guy that he was, come, you know, being the number one overall pick in 2014. We know he's had a lot of injuries. But he is someone that was disruptive last week. In fact, he w- could have had two different sacks, uh, and he whiffed. And you know, I know he was lamenting about that after the game. But 
Uh, it's still a work in progress. I think the most encouraging sign from week one was actually Adafi Owe, their 2021 first-round pick, who did not have a sack, but he had a boatload of pressures and quarterback hits. He was very disruptive, albeit, again, the Texans' offensive line was really banged up, but uh, he was even able to be disruptive uh, against uh, you know, Tumble, their left tackle. So, I mean, that's, you know, that was some progress. Uh, we'll see what it looks like against this Bengals' offensive line. Certainly the Ravens know Orlando Brown Jr., their new left tackle very well from his days in Baltimore. Uh, so uh, that's still a question for me. But I, as we saw last week, what the Ravens were able to do, you know, they, they blitzed their inside linebackers. Patrick Queen had a sack. Uh, Roquan Smith had a sack. You know, the Ravens will blitz Kyle Hamilton on occasion, although certainly they have to maybe rethink that a little bit given where they are at safety right now. But you know, they're, they're very much a team that at this point, until they show otherwise, yeah, you don't have a ton of confidence in their ability to – to get home with four, but Mike McDonald has shown, shown the creativity to, even if he's not going to blitz as much as Wink Martindale did, the Ravens' previous D coordinator, he'll, he'll do some sim pressures and, and some different stunts, and uh, there'll be times where the Ravens will send four, you just don't know which four they're sending at the line of scrimmage, and uh, that's something, like I said, they've had some success doing that against Joe Burrow, and uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to pick their spots, uh, because they're dealing with some backups uh, on the back end of the defense, but uh, they're still going to pick their spots to be aggressive and try to confuse Burrow as much as they can pre-snap. But in a big picture sense, Bob, yeah, uh, that pass rush is still uh, a question in my mind. Okay. Um, I only got about 30 seconds here, unfortunately. The rest of the segment I've kind of uh... – you know, mis- mishandled some of these, you know, my, my approach here. So it's on my, it's on me. Uh, but uh, bottom line, do they win? Do the Braves win on Sunday at Cincinnati? I'm picking Cincinnati. I mean, I would have picked them anyway. I mean, it's an AFC North road game. Cincinnati's had their number. But Lamar Jackson's on the field. Even last year, without Lamar Jackson on the field, the Ravens played them so tough in that wild card round. Yeah. So uh, I like Cincinnati at you know, 24-20, something along those lines. But if the Ravens find a way, if Lamar... As it you know, puts on the, the Superman cape, as he's apt to do when he's healthy, you never know. But tough to pick against the Bengals, considering just how banged up the Ravens are already here in week two. Luke, always good talking to you. Sorry about my bad clock management here, so I'll do better next time. Thanks. All, all good, Bob. Always good to talk to you. Take care. Luke Jones, WNST in 